0: Staying true to America's national destiny, the voice of the awakening. Your host, Bishop E.W. Jackson. God ultimately led her to get elected to office. She was in one of those few, maybe the only one, <laughs> districts that would elect a Christian to office, a Bible-believing Christian. Says, so then she gets there and she said, I wish I could say that It was so much nicer and so much better than anything I expected. But I remember some of the words she used. She said, but you know what I found out? She said, I found out that these Democrats are nasty and mean and hateful. She said, because most of the time they won't even speak to me. Oh, oh, she's a Christian. She's a Republican. That's what she has to deal with in the state legislature. She said, they annually, because it's a one-party state, like California, like Massachusetts, a one-party state, they have a birthday party for Roe v. Wade annually. Oh. She said, and on the floor of the legislature, they chant every year, and I'm pretty sure I've got this right, but it was ugly, so I'm close. What do we love? We love abortion. Oh, wow. oh. They chant that. And she said, you, and, and here she is all by herself standing against this stuff. Because the other thing she could have said was, I don't want to be in the house where those Marines showed up. I don't want to be in the city where they showed up. I don't want to be in the place where I watch my son play and grow up. I want to go somewhere else. I want to get away from all this. But instead, God put her right in the middle of it. And she stayed and she still stays and is still standing, still standing. She said she got into a debate with one of our colleagues one time about the existence of God. And he said, you know, you, you Christians believe all that stuff. He said, but I'm an agnostic. And she said she she just tried to kindly explain to him the gospel of Jesus Christ and all of that. She said he walked away basically in a huff. <sighs> but a couple of days later, he came back and said, well, well what about this? And she answered that question. And then a few days later, he came back again. Wait, 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 What about this? And she answered that question, said that over the weeks, he finally came to her and said, you know what? I think I believe in the same Jesus you believe in. And she said she led him in the prayer of salvation, said he's saved and living for God at this moment. That would never have happened if she had not b- been willing to stay with her assignment rather than allowing the, the circumstances and the emotions and the and the tragedy of her circumstances drive her somewhere else. She just listened to God and God said, I've, I want you to, uh, as he said to, 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 to Isaac, I want you to live in the land that I shall tell you. Amen. 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 So look. She got the same answer that I think God wants to give us all from time to time, which is don't run away to Egypt. Don't run away to Egypt. Now, like I've said, there's nothing wrong with moving, but move because God is moving you. Amen. Not because you want to move, not because you got issues, not because you're unhappy, but but move because you really believe God is moving you. And God does use circumstances, situations to open up our heart. Amen. To let us know that he wants to do something with us. But make sure it's God. Say, so the Bishop, well, how do you do that? Here's what I always advise people to do when they're thinking about making a big decision. Get into emotional neutral. Now, that's not easy to do, but, 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 but and it takes a little time to do this. But what you have to say is, Lord, I don't care how I feel one way or the other. I'm putting all of that aside. I only want one thing out of this, and it's not to satisfy my inherent inclinations, it's to satisfy you. Whatever way you move me, that's the way I'm going to move. And until I know that, with conviction, I'm not moving at all, not doing anything. Until you make clear to me that this is what you have for me. Amen? Amen? Amen. And if you will get into emotional neutral and not allow your emotions to guide you, God can step in and show you quite clearly exactly what he has for you. Amen. Amen. And then you have to be patient not to allow the emotions to masquerade as God, because that can happen. That can happen. It it must be God because I feel so strongly, but your feelings are not the spirit necessarily. Amen. 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 Now, look, we've been talking about kind of geographic changes. But, you know, there's a way to change location without changing geography. People can change their spiritual location when things go bad. See, sometimes the response of Christians to famine and hardship is to change their spiritual commitment because they think somehow it's this this adherence, this following God that's creating my problems. That may sound strange, but I've seen that happen too. Where people get into a bad situation and they think, well, you know what, Maybe, maybe I've spent a little bit too much time with this. Maybe I should stop tithing because that's creating problems for me. Maybe I, I don't need to go to church as often uh, because that, that, you, you know, that's getting in the way of some other things I want to do. And, and maybe I, don't need, I should not be as serious about my commitment to God because there's some other things that are getting neglected. That's the trick of the enemy, to dilute your commitment to God, amen? See, Egypt represents not only a different geographic location than the promised land, Egypt represents sin and backsliding and rebellion. Remember when the children of Israel got out in the wilderness, every time they became disenchanted, what was the thing that they said? Let's take, we want to go back to Egypt. We want a leader who can help us go back. And when hardship comes, when trouble comes, when difficulties come, very often what accompanies that is a temptation to dilute or diminish or walk away from our commitment to almighty God to change our spiritual location, amen? Because here's what people sometimes think. And here again, it's hard to believe that Christians can can think this, but I've seen it happen. God has abandoned me. He's not hearing my prayers. Those are lies of the devil. God can never leave you nor forsake you. He's with you always, even to the end of the age. So, well, then why is this happening to me? Well, there's a devil out there who wants to hurt you. That's number one. And then the, the, the horrible question that Christians ask, well, why did God let this happen? Well, God let anything happen to you. The Bible says in, in 1 Corinthians 10, 13, there is no temptation which has befallen you, but such as is common to man. Well, why did God let? No, he didn't let anything. Things that happen to us as Christians are simply part of human life. And yes, God protects us from a lot of stuff that we don't even see. We don't even know it's coming. But listen, you'll be a spoiled brat if God protected you from everything that could ever happen to you in life. You wouldn't have an ounce of strength. You'd be a little weakling. In the same way, that's the tension between fathers and mothers. Mothers, as soon as their children, they fall or something. Oh, baby, wants to kiss him. And the father he's all right. And you know, well, but don't you have it? Yeah, yeah, he'll be okay. Because, and that, that, that's the balance why fathers and mothers are needed, because fathers understand, you know, you got to tough it up. <laughs> you know, we used to tell our children, don't let things like that bother you so much. Don't, don't, uh, our children, we, we used to go places, and I don't know why, I don't know whether it's just kids in general, but our children would say, Daddy, somebody's looking at me. I say, well, don't look back. And they get all worked up about it. <laughs> Amen. Look, God's not engineering bad things to happen to you. Okay. I, I can't explain what happened to Victoria Strong and how that whole situation unfolded. I, I can't. There, there's no need in even trying because I don't know them. I don't know their son. I don't know the circumstance. I mean, he, he may have sacrificed himself in, in, in heroic act and be honored by God for all of eternity for having shown greater love than than, than than no man than this, that he laid down his life for his friends. We don't know. But, but I've taught a whole series on how to trust God, and one of the things I've said in that is, see, trusting God means you don't need to understand. You don't need to understand everything. You need to understand that he loves you, You need to understand that he's for you. You need to understand he he doesn't want anything bad to happen to you and that he's always going to be there for you. And when bad things happen that you can't explain, you just ultimately have to say, well, Lord, I'll understand it better by and by. But I know one thing. I know you love me and I know you're for me and I know you're not trying to hurt me. Amen? Amen. 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 And by the way, unlike us, we can hurt people without intending to because we can make mistakes. God doesn't make any. So he's not making any, he's oops. He's for you and everything that God is seeking to do. Jeremiah 29 says, 29, uh, uh, 11 says, I know the plans I have for you, plans to do you good and not harm, to give you hope and a future and an expected end. And by the way, in the context, he was saying that to a backslidden people. And he was telling them, my plans for you are good. Well, how come we're in this trouble? Because of your own sin. Amen. 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 So look, listen closely to what I'm going to tell you, because this can be easily misunderstood, and I don't want you to misunderstand it. I don't want you to go off on the deep end with it, but I want you to, to, to get this, because this is so important to the Christian life. Even if the circumstances that you encounter are of your own doing, or of your own sin, God still won't abandon you. He still will not abandon you. The Bible says in Jeremiah chapter three, he's married to the backslider. And, and the word of God says in, in Romans eleven twenty nine, 29, the gifts and the calling of God are without revocation. So even when you mess up, and as a result of your mess up, you brought mess into your own life. God's not turning his back on you and leaving you. That's not the time to say, well, I've messed up now. I know God is done with me. No, God is right there for you the same way he's always been. And He wants to restore you and help you. And that's not an encouragement or a license to sin. I'm just giving you the reality of the covenant of grace that we have with almighty God. Because look, if God was only good to us, based upon our performance, we'd all be in trouble. Because we all fall short. Even as Christians, we fall short. Come on, do I have a witness here? Yes, Hallelujah. So even if you, you cause the famine, <laughs> God's not going to abandon you. He's not going to walk away from you. And this is the, this is the mistake that Christians make that cause them to walk away from God. God has not walked away from them. Amen. 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 Hebrews chapter six, verses seven to 18 says, thus God determined to show more abundantly to the heirs of promise, the immutability of his counsel confirmed it by an oath. That's the covenant that we have with almighty God confirmed it by an oath that by two immutable things, in which it is impossible for God to lie. And those two immutable things, by the way, are the body, the broken body and the shed blood of Jesus Christ. It can never be changed. The covenant has been paid for, it's done. It's a done deal, amen? Amen, Amen. Amen. you and I enter a contract, you might break it, I might break it, either intentionally or unintentionally, but God has entered into a blood covenant with us through the shed blood and broken body of Jesus Christ. That covenant can never be done away with. Hallelujah. Glory to God. And look, in which it is impossible for God to lie. Doesn't say he just doesn't lie. It is impossible for him to lie. Glory. So that means every promise that God made for you, made to you, made for you, he must fulfill because otherwise God is a liar. And the Bible says, though every man be a liar, God is true. Amen. 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 Says we might have in which it is impossible for God to lie, we might have strong consolation who have fled for refuge to lay hold of the hope set before us. In other words, no matter how bad the situation, you've got hope in Christ Jesus. You can always run to him. Amen? Amen. 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 I, I, I don't know about you, but I've been walking with the Lord now. It'll be 45 years Amen. come December, and I wish I could say I'd never messed up, but I can't. Hallelujah. But I can tell you this, God never messed up. God never messed up. Amen. 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 So, so if God won't leave you, even when you mess up, how much more is he with you? Then should, it be obvious to you that when things go wrong around you, that no fault of your own, this, none of you here caused inflation. <laughs> none of you here is causing this craziness that's going on in our government schools. But this is the stuff that we're dealing with now. Amen? Amen. Amen. The, the whole atmosphere has been charged with unrighteousness. So you've got school systems like right here in Virginia, Loudoun County, teaching their teachers to teach their children that if you are a Christian, you are by definition an oppressor. All right. You didn't cause that. I didn't. But that's, that's what we got. And, and we know that God is not going to abandon us in this situation. Amen. Amen. And you know, the the, the thing to be aware of, why we must learn to rely completely and totally on God uh, God and and, and seek always to be following him is, here again, please take this in the proper context and understanding. You can't rely on people. Because even when they want to help, Sometimes their limits don't allow them to be the help that you need. Amen? You'd like to, They even when they would like to help, they can't. Even when they try to help, sometimes they'll make a mistake. And then, and then there's this. There are a lot of people, and I've seen it with Christians too, who will run from trouble and they don't care what caused it. They just don't want to be bothered with it. You could be in the worst circumstance, no fault of your own, and there will be people who will walk away from you because they simply don't want to be around the trouble. Uh, We brought two parents in for our press conference on uh, these murdered children, two parents whose children were murdered. And one of the things that both parents said is, You get a little bit of media for a day or two, and you get a lot of people expressing condolences, and then they're gone. And they avoid you. You didn't do anything wrong, but they avoid you because they don't really want to be bothered (laughs) with the trouble. So you, you, you better learn to rely completely on God. Now, look, don't get me wrong. There will be people who you least expect to respond who will come through. And people who you expect to respond who won't be anywhere to be found. But you can't predict that. And I say crisis doesn't shape character. It reveals character. Because in the crucible, like sometimes in combat, you'll find out who's who and what's what. So sometimes in the crisis, in the crucible, you'll find out who will stand with you and who will not. My good friend Phil Zadiotes got locked up in federal prison for three years as a result of having helped Lisa Miller when her daughter was uh, ordered by a Vermont judge, a Vermont judge, to be put in the custody of her mother who had become a Christian, renounced homosexuality, But her former lesbian lover sued for custody of the child. And the child was no biological relationship to this woman at all. But a Vermont judge granted this lesbian custody of Lisa Miller's child. A child, and and, and Lisa Miller thought that part of the reason why she wanted the child was for purposes of sexual abuse. And so Phil Zadiotis, she knew her and she asked him for a ride to New York, not out of the country. He didn't give her money to help get her ticket to go. He she wanted to go to New York. She didn't have a way to get there. He helped her go to New York. They later accused him of conspiring to get her out of the country and locked him up for three years. This man who never, never committed a crime, never done anything to anybody. Lisa Miller ultimately absconded from the country. She's come back since and she's, I think she's in jail right now. But her daughter is now 18 years old, so once she knew that her daughter was grown and could live on her own, I mean, could kind of make her own way, she came back to the country she loves to fight over it, but she was not willing to give her daughter up to a lesbian. And you know what? A lot of Phil's friends were nowhere to be found. Even though he did what was right. He was simply helping this woman in a righteous cause because she wasn't out to hurt anybody, but some pinhead judge up in Vermont who decided that he's God and decided he was gonna take this woman's daughter and give it to this lesbian, and she better not obstruct or in any way interfere. Now he's gonna put her in prison for trying to take care of her own child, and she just left. God bless her, I don't blame her. She didn't renounce her citizenship, now she's come back to face the music. She said, okay, my daughter's grown now, I, I don't have to be concerned about her being in the custody of some lesbian. Now I'm gonna come back and face the law. Honorable, honorable. But Phil Zadiotis is now a convicted felon for nothing. That was the Obama administration's doing, trying to prove that if you stand against homosexuality, we're gonna get you. Because that was their, that's, their, you know, that's their religion, practically. Yeah. That and abortion, they live for that. You, you all hearing me? Yeah. We, we gotta learn to rely on God. And, and look, Phil is a godly man. Um, And I supported him and did what I could, was hoping the president would would pardon him, but apparently it never quite got to him. I believe that the president had known the facts. He would have pardoned Phil Zadiotis, but he didn't get pardoned. And maybe some president will ultimately do that and restore him so that he doesn't have a record as a convicted felon. But remember, when you decide that that, that you're going to move with God, just understand that's between you and him. And, and, and you may get some help from human beings, but don't rely on that. Amen. 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 Psalm 46.1 says, God is our refuge and strength, a very present help in the time of trouble. And Psalm 91.15, which you all know, says, he shall call upon me and I will answer him. I will be with him in trouble. God will be with you. So when it's time to move, don't be afraid of what people are going to say. When it's time to, ta- to take a stand, don't be afraid of what people are going to say. Amen? Uh, I, I heard a woman say this to me one time. She said, you know, I stayed so long somewhere I shouldn't have been in order not to offend people that I offended God. And I think you got a lot of Christians around the country doing that right now. My grandmother's here. My mother was here. And, you know, my uncle Fred cried on that bench and, you know, all that. And, 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 and the thing is just going completely off the rails and no longer standing on the word of God and, and people just feed money into it, just feed money into it. And it's, it's standing for every ungodly thing imaginable. Come out of these places. Come out of them. Let's say got, everybody's not going to come here, but come out of them. go to a Bible believing Bible teaching Bible preaching church. You can't tell me that the spirit of God and uh, oh, some of these situations are heartbreaking. You can't tell me that the spirit of God would have you keep your family and your children in a place where a pastor is, is basically known to be a pedophile. All right. and, and the spirit of God's going to lead you to keep your children there for what? I tell people all the time, don't abandon the public schools. Run for school board. Get involved. Bring your, your your values to bear. But don't expect your children to be missionaries in that mess. Don't don't turn your children over like, like you're going send your children into the lion's den. Don't do that. Because you may not get them back. Hey Amen. You know, reading these articles about these. Children, eight, and nine, ten years old, cons- and the teacher conspiring with them to hide from their parents with the sexual mess that's being sown as them in schools, getting them all confused about their gender, and then working with the system and teachers in the school to hide it from the parents. Glory to God. Don't don't. When, when, when the spirit of God is saying, look, it's time to uproot out of that mess. Amen. It, then, then do it. And even the people, they can call you, listen, let me, can I just give you all uh, a a cart? I want to give you carte blanche. I want to give you absolution now. If they call you a racist, take that as a badge of honor. (laughs) Say, thank you, Jesus. (laughs) Hallelujah. Because that's nothing but a sop to, to shut you up. That's all that is. And then look, some, you're going to call somebody a racist and you're running around the country vilifying people based on the color of their skin. And somehow if they're white people, as they like to put it, they're bad. And you're going to call somebody a racist. You're a lot out of the pit of hell. Amen. You're the racist Amen. For, for, for trying to sow that mess in the people. Amen. 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 So some some sometimes we get you know, The Spirit of God is trying to get us a root, but we're so busy trying to satisfy everybody around us that we just stay in a situation where God can't do what he wants to do with us because we're satisfying the flesh and the emotions and all of that instead of satisfying the Spirit of God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Now look, so, so, so the key to success then, staying in your assignment, and staying in your assignment doesn't mean you're perfect at it. Doesn't mean you're perfect at it. Because if you were, we'd all be done. Amen? Amen? But but here's the key. Isaiah 1, chapter 19 and 20. Here's the key. If you are willing and obedient, you shall eat the good of the land. Amen. This is what God is looking for. He's not looking for perfection in us. He's looking for willingness and obedience. Willingness and obedience. Look, not merely obedience because see, a lot of people obey with a grudge. I'll do it. Just don't do it, please. God wants willing obedience. Amen. I'm not going to read it because I'm, I'm, I'm almost out of time. But Exodus 36, you can go look at it for yourself. The people, as they were building the temple, says that the people began to bring offerings every single morning to the temple. And not because they were commanded to do that, because they were free will offerings. Said, and this is the first time, and I think the only time you read this in Scripture, that Moses, the artisan came to Moses and said, "Stop them, Stop them! It's too much! Stop them." And Moses gave an order, "'t don't bring, don't bring anything else!" Because I really believe what was happening was that as they freely gave to God, God just began to bless, and every time they went back to their tent, they was, there was more. Oh, let's give some more to the temple. And every time they went back, there was more. Let's give some more. And after a while, the artists just looked up and said, oh, whoa, 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 everybody. Stop. I'd love to be in that position. Would you like me to come in? We got so much money. Please, y'all, don't don't give anything today. (laughs) Praise God. Hallelujah. So, So God was miraculously multiplying, not because we know the children of Israel weren't perfect, but in this case, where they were willing and obedient, look at what God did with them. Amen? Amen. 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 So it's not perfection that God is looking for. He's going to perfect us, but He's looking for our willingness and He's looking for our obedience. In fact, let me show you something as we close out that you may have never seen before. It's in John chapter six. We all know the story of the of the feeding of the the five thousand and the four thousand. Uh, look at John chapter 6. I'm going to show you something here that's very, very interesting. Beginning at chapter, beginning at verse 1 of John chapter 6, it says, After these things, the Gospel of John chapter 6 says, After these things, Jesus went over the Sea of Galilee, which is the Sea of Tiberias. Then a great multitude followed him because they saw his signs which he performed on those who were diseased. Now, listen to this very closely.